Good morning, it's Wimala, and it's March the 10th today. I was a little sidetracked with listening to the news this morning and realized nothing, nothing is better. Uh, there's no peace to be made, it seems, in Ukraine and the Russians, the Russian leaders seem fit to uh, not be willing to negotiate or look at any kind of settle, any kind of peaceful way to settle what's going on. So the news is not good. What, do, what does amaze me and tells me a lot about the human spirit is uh, how much there, there was one story of uh, two little brand new twins born and how much people celebrate the new life and seeing those babies get safely into Poland. And, uh, and I realized it's, there's, that's such a positive, uplifting feeling that we as humans get that while things can be terrible in the world and in our personal, you know, me and mine world, things can get really bad. But those signs of life going on for us are, are really uh, significant in terms of lifting people's spirits and helping them go on. And um, sometimes it can feel like, why would anybody want to have children or um, have, to, have to worry about children in this world when it doesn't seem there's not a lot of optimism in a lot of places in the world? with climate change and seeing what's going on in Ukraine and all over the world all the time. How is it possible for people to feel joyous when there's a, a, a new life? But that's we're human beings. That new life is what keeps us going. And there, there are good results and bad results for that to keep it going. But it will keep on going that way. And what we work for is that spiritual awakening in us to help us see things the way they really are and uh, find an end to suffering in this world, in this world that we all live in that's uh, full of suffering if we look at external situations in the world. So that, uh, that, that desire to see life going on is one of our, is a tragic tragic thing in our in our world but it's also the the hopeful lift up of something that lifts us up to help us see a future and understand how life goes on and gives us even more reason just to come back to our own to to what's going on within us to help us change and transform our lives for the better and that helps everyone have a better life those little babies. And uh, that sometimes can be difficult for me to understand, but I can see it. I can see it in the, the joy that people have when, you know, a new life is saved and a new life is, is allowed to, to continue. So it's, it, it's kind of a confusing, uh, it's a little confusing, but this is our world. It's like uh, in nature, life goes on. 
doesn't matter how many bears or wolves or uh, hawks or uh, predators are out there, that uh, life goes on, and that's part of this world. That's one of the good parts of this world. But we need to find a peaceful, what we're looking for inside of us is that peaceful way to live in this world and to try to help uh, help ourselves understand that better. Then, then we'll be helping others. So, um, before I read just a little bit, I want to go in our book of uh, Buddha Dasa's Heartwood of the Bodhi Tree. There's just two pages from the chapter we're on, which has been a little confusing. So I want to read the last part of this of elements of sunyata, which is the voidness, which is basically the heartwood of the Buddhist teachings. And then the next part is going to be how we can know sunyata. But I want to go back to my wish, which is what we had when we very first started at the beginning of COVID, when I started uh, coming on to have a sense of community and practicing together. And uh, we I don't say this very much anymore, but let's start out with my wish. And if if this is uh, this is from the chanting book that we have at Blue Lotus Temple, which is uh, this is from Shanti Dewa's uh, book of the Bodhis the Bodhisattva Way, and it's an adaptation that uh, Tyler Luki and Bhante Sujata came up with. And we do it in English at the temple. We did before COVID when we were uh, probably will be going back to that. So let me read this because I keep thinking about this with the situation in with the situation in uh, Ukraine and situations all over the world and situations in our own heart that we need to be. Uh, building up and strengthening. May I become at all times, both now and forever, a protector for those without protection, a guide for those who have lost their way, a ship for those with an ocean to cross, a sanctuary for those in danger, a lamp for those without light, a place of refuge for those who lack shelter, and a servant to all in need. By means of this meritorious deed, may I never join with the unwise, only the wise, until the time I attain awakening. So, I think when things are difficult and when we see things are difficult for others, we can come back to this, which can help us, uh, help us understand the work. This can help us understand the, the state of the world better and help us see, find the role for ourselves. So I was glad to uh, run across that. I had it, had it memorized for <laughs> some time and now, now I have to go back and, and have it in front of me so I don't, uh, don't forget. So I'm going to read two pages from Elements of Sunyata, the voidness. 
And this is from the, the section, the last section of the chapter, Beyond All Elements. And remember we were talking about uh, the elements in Buddhism, and in the Four Foundations of Mindfulness, the Buddha talks about uh, earth, water, fire, and uh, uh, wind. And he says that's a simplified he said, if one is to understand these things well enough to understand the Dhamma, they must be studied this way as, as elements. Don't be deceived into thinking that knowing the elements of earth, water, wind, and fire is sufficient. They are just a matter for children. And so he goes on. <laughs> one must go on to know the immaterial consciousness element. That's the space element and the voidness element, which is the utter quenching of earth, water, fire, wind, consciousness, and space. The element of voidness is the most wonderful element in all of Buddhism. So those are beyond those four that we study and all the others. These are, these are called the immaterial consciousness elements. That's the vijnana, datu. The space, uh, the the that's that's the fifth one, the immaterial consciousness element, vijnana datu, and the space element, akasa datu, and the voidness element, sunyata datu. So those three utterly quench earth, water, fire, wind, consciousness. The utterly is the utterly. All it's it's four plus three. It utterly is the utter quenching of earth, water, fire, wind, consciousness, and space. The element of voidness is the most wonderful element in all of Buddhism. So beyond all elements. The Buddha used another threefold division to show the properties of the elements. First is the element of renunciation, nikama, the cause for withdrawal from sensuality. Second is the non-material element, arupadhatu, the cause for withdrawal from materiality. And third is the element of quenching, narodhatu, the cause for withdrawal from the conditioned or the concocted, the made up. Setting the element of renunciation causes us to withdraw from sensuality because it is sensuality's antithesis. Seeing the element which is the opposite of sensuality is called seeing the renunciation element. Sensuality is a fire. Not being consumed by the fire of sensuality is the meaning of the element of renunciation. Not being consumed by the fire of sensuality. The mind that withdraws from sensuality is a mind that contains this particular element. Once beings are able to free themselves from sensuality, they attach themselves to the beautiful and pleasurable things which while unconnected with gross sensuality, are still in the form of, are still in the realm of form and materiality. 
albeit on a refined level. For example, there are seers, uh, rishis, sages, and adepts. So those are rishis, uh, munis, and yogis who get attached to the pleasure of meditated absorption into objects of fine materiality. Or, so he's saying they're, they're still... Uh, they're still on the material form, material level, but they they are more attached to pres- uh, the pleasures of meditative absorption. Or on a mundane level, perhaps we may see old people who are attached to antiques or exquisite potted plants. Although these things are unconnected with the crudest sensuality, such people may be even more lost than those absorbed in gross pleasures such as lust. They are attached to material form and unable to give it up. To get free of finer materiality, we must understand the formless element, arupa dhatu, the dhatu that is above form. So it's the attachment to those things. It's not the it's not even the things in themselves. It's the it's the attachment even to those certain meditative states that attachment to that certain uh, sensual feeling, the pleasure, maybe the, the, uh, the sensual nature just of the qualities of it to those, or to those material things, like the old people getting attached to potted plants and antiques. And what will one get stuck in if one can get free from attachment to materiality? And as Westerners, we know about uh, the need for freedom from materiality. It's more from the getting stuck at that level, getting stuck there, not letting things flow through. One will get caught in these causally conditioned things that surpass it, namely all the beneficial dhamma. We don't have to talk of the harmful dhammas here. Nobody wants those. But people dream endlessly about the virtues and virtuous actions that make us into wonderful people or earn us rebirth up in heaven. Nevertheless, being born in heaven is a conditioned state. We are all caught up in being this and that self and having these and those possessions of self. Being the self of an animal is no good, so we want a human self. Seeing that being a human is no good, we want to become a celestial being. That's no good, so we want to become a Brahma god. Seeing that being a Brahma god is no good, we want to become a Maha Brahma, a Maha Brahma god. That's a superior god. In every case, there's always a self. It's all concocted only by penetrating the quenching element, which is Naroda Dattu the quenching element, can we withdraw from the condition and concocted? So even wanting to be a really good person, you know, we want to be Mother Teresa. We want to be uh, the person other people can look at as a, the icon of generosity or, uh, the you know, the best teacher or whatever. The quenching element is Nibant. The quenching element the first is uh, we want to penetrate Naroda Datu. 
And then the quenching element. Narodadatu is Nibbanadatu, the final element, the element of perfect peace. So that vibration can end, that 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 wanting more, wanting more. It is the utter quenching of I and mine. If there is absolute and final quenching, one becomes an arahant, and that's called the element of coolness with no fuel left. I love that, the element of coolness with no fuel left. So and that's that's what that quite that uh, that movement, that movement, finally, there's, it's entirely quenched, cooled. If the quenching is not yet final, one becomes one of the lesser noble ones, an adia. That quenching is called the element of coolness with some fuel left. In this case, there is still a remnant of ego. It is not yet ultimate voidness. And to summarize, we must know the dhatus, the true constituents of all things. Please understand them according to the fundamental principle that there is the element with form, rupadhatu, the element without form, arupadhatu, and the element that is the extinguishing of both the form and formless elements, dhatu. We can confidently assert that there is nothing outside the scope of these three types of elements. We are learning something about the Buddha science, which encompasses the physical, mental, and spiritual spheres. It enables us to have an utterly thorough knowledge of all things, which precludes any further grasping at them. Perfect non-grasping must be the meaning of sunyata. So perfect non-grasping. That's the meaning. And that perfect non-grasping even includes grasping at those beautiful qualities. And when he talks about it, it's not just the old people uh, being attached to their their plants and their antiques. And it's not just the, the spiritual... Uh, uh, meditators who get caught in certain realms because they're really, they're really a kind of fine quality sensuality, and they get stuck there. But he says one will get caught in those causally conditioned things that surpass that when we get free from attachment to materiality, mainly all the beneficial dhammas, all the beneficial qualities all the beneficial phenomena. We don't have to talk of harmful dhammas here. Nobody wants them. But people dream endlessly about the virtues and virtuous actions that make us into wonderful people or earn us rebirth up in heaven. So this is when the Buddha begins talking about that supramundane uh, quality, even a full, following the Eightfold Path. There's a mundane path and then the super-mundane. We're not just wanting to have peace and prosperity and have a better rebirth and have a higher rebirth, and then that can keep going and going and going. But this is when we want to stop. We want to quench. We want to stop being on the wheel, this wheel of life and death at all. 
And this is a pretty good explanation of it. The element of coolness with no fuel left. There's nothing else burning. We've let go of all. So we're extinguishing both the form and formless elements. So that's what that's Nibbana. We're not chasing after anything anymore. And that's Sunyata. And the next chapter is going to be is called uh, Knowing Sunyata. Now I would like to turn to the matter of living with sunyata or dwelling in voidness. That's going to be good. That's what we want to learn about because it's going to tell us how we can how we can have that quenched quality and still and still be in this in this world. So in this world that we can that we're so much closer to seeing uh, the suffering and the sadness of the world just by just by uh, listening to the news every day these days it's very real and it's probably closer to home than we've we've uh, seen it in a long time but it's all it's all about all of this grasping at materiality isn't it it's it's greed and greed is sensuality on a, a, a extreme level the greed is is wanting more, wanting. So I don't know how much time we have, not very much to sit, but I hope this was more understandable today and it's becoming, it felt to me like he was wrapping up some quality, good things that it was easy for me to get kind of bogged down in for a while. So I think this is a very good topic to be looking at as we look at the world. You know, the people who, there could be, there's so many people, millions of people now escaping from Ukraine. To be able to even escape from, uh, from the, the conditions in Ukraine, they, most of these people have had to give up everything. And if they can, if they can get out without losing family members, uh, it's, uh, I'm sure it's, uh, cause for great uh, joy. But they had to be willing to walk away from the antiques and potted plants. I think about the, even in the, uh, in America, when the people, the pioneers and the people going, move, going west through all kind, through the, uh, you know, the beginning of the depression, going west from Oklahoma, from the Dust Bowl to California, or earlier when pioneers would go into, uh, unknown territories to try to find farmland or a place for their families to have space to uh, most likely recreate the conditions they had from wherever they came from. You have all these images of as they moved along the way how things had to be dropped and left behind so that their wa- those wagons might be full of the antiques they had brought from the, uh, their uh, mother country that they just couldn't give up. That was what they brought with them from uh, a horrible situation in Europe. And they were able to keep it maybe for 50, 60 years in this country. And then 
someone decided let's go let's go more west to find some land and things would get tough enough on that trip that they had to start just letting go letting go it was always with the dream of being to uh, that part of the materiality that hanging on to things is such that's human nature because for most of those people you know they they their belief was, okay, we have to let this go. If we have to let it go, we have to let it go, finally. But when we get where we want to go, we can start building up again. So it hasn't quenched, that really hasn't quenched those fires. But it's just uh, changed the dream a little bit. But, but, the, but it's materiality. It's, we want to get back to those comforts that remind us of how it used to be. And... When we talk about sunyata, we're not talking about how it used to be. We're talking about we're talking about burning up all of that fire that's within us, and and completely letting go of that grasp on sensuality and materiality. Like how many of us would want to just uh, maybe pack a little backpack of the things that we could take with us and walk away from our homes, no matter how little we think we have. How hard would that be? And to think, I, why even lock the doors? Maybe I won't be able to come back. Uh, it's it's these are times that cause us to need to think about those things. So, since we're really moving out of time, I'd like us just to let our meditation be from my wish. So as a bodhisattva, as someone who makes a decision to be a bodhisattva, to help others, as that, as that person moves from life to life, their only, their, what their, their only reason for coming back is to help others. Not coming back to be, uh, to be a savior or to be a heroic figure. They're just coming back in whatever form that needs to take to help others. So why don't we just end with my wish, and I know a lot of you have probably missed it. And we'll make it be a prayer, okay? Kind of a prayer, uh, and then if you can, as you go about your day, when I read to the end of this, then I'll also do our sharing of merit. But let's let's be uh, prayerful. May I become at times, both now and forever, a protector for those without protection, a guide for those who have lost their way, a ship for those with an ocean to cross, a sanctuary for those in danger, a lamp for those without light, a place of refuge for those who lack shelter, and a servant to all in need. By means of this meritorious deed, may I never join with the unwise, only the wise, until the time I attain awakening. May everything we do today, our actions, our speech, our thoughts, be done not only for our own benefit and our own liberation and our own quenching of the fires, of materiality, 
but also for the benefit of all sentient beings, all living beings. And may peace be with each and every one of you. Thank you so much. I will be with you tomorrow. <laughs>